everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise. And this is Jen Otero. And this month, in the month of July, we are launching into a very important, um, but also a really sensitive discussion mm-hmm. on the topic of pornography. And so we will just add right now that if you are listening and you are tuning in, if you have any smaller children around, we would just encourage you maybe to push pause and to come back and listen later, just because mm-hmm. of the topics and the things that we're going to be discussing this today. So right. we are also welcoming back Brooke, who is our Executive Director of Counseling Services, to help us along as we discuss the area of pornography over the next four weeks. So thank you, Brooke, for joining us once again. Yes, thank you for having me. I, I really feel like if you've tuned into Mercy Talk at all over this you know, past year, we've been really focused on trying to, to discuss topics that are relevant for people, not only as individuals themselves in their own lives, right. but also as people who are helpers and who are working with other people, whether it be in ministry or school or in a home or whatever the setting might be. And, you know, we have been talking a lot just about how the topic of pornography is something that is such a prevalent force in our culture today that, I mean, everyone needs to be educated Mm -hmm. on this and everyone needs to know about it and not try to kind of like walk around like it's not a thing. You know what I mean? And so male, female, young, old, parents or not parents, whoever you are, this is a really important topic. And so we felt like this is something that really just we needed to devote a few weeks to. Yeah. So we're looking forward to jumping into it. I don't know. It's kind of weird to say that we're looking forward to this yeah. one, but it really is so important that I think we're really... We're looking forward to it. Yeah. So, Brooke, thanks again. And I think it's one that's really avoided to some degree, too. So mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. to be able to, to go after it to discuss what it is specifically today, um, but also to continue just to bring hope in the fact that this is something the Lord is very passionate about for people getting freed up and understanding what it's really about. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think, for me, the excitement comes in yeah. of setting the groundwork and talking it through. So today we're really going to just start with that groundwork um, in this area by discussing what pornography actually is why it's a problem. And so Brooke has done a lot of research in this area. And so she is going to be the one that we're really pulling on. very thankful yes, for. for her wealth of information. <laughs> yes. So let's just jump right in. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So Brooke, can you give us, I mean, to start with any conversation along these lines, it's kind of that working definition. So can sure. you share with us what pornography is and just to kind of give a good idea of where we're starting from? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, I forget which congressman said it, but he basically said, I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. Right. Um, So that's not really good enough for our purposes. But, you know, everyone can kind of be like, I know what that is. Um, But I think the legal definition is actually material that depicts erotic behavior and is intended to cause sexual excitement. Mm -hmm. So another definition that I actually like um, goes a little bit deeper, printed or visual material containing the explicit explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate erotic rather than aesthetic or emotional feelings. And so the focus being that the entire point of the writing or the pictures is to arouse one sexually. So Mm -hmm. it's not to be loving, caring, all of the things that, you know, we as Christians would associate with sex. It is literally the entire purpose is to be erotic mm-hmm. in nature, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So actually, I already have a question um, because I'm going to be learning a lot over these next few weeks as well. And I think one of the first things that when you gave that very, very first definition that mm-hmm. came to mind for me is how I think a lot of people just kind of define pornography as something that is in this category of like right. stuff that you can only access through these certain Deviant. websites yeah. and mm-hmm. like full on mm-hmm. films, you know. And right. so 
when you gave that first definition, basically saying that it's anything that's created to arouse. Yeah, to Mm -hmm. arouse. I mean, I'm thinking of things that I see on TV. I think of commercials that I see. I mean, there are commercials that come on sometimes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But it's clear that they were created to arouse. So, I mean, would you put even things of that nature in the category of pornography? Um, I don't know that I could do that. Mm -hmm. I I do think, though, like as we go further along in talking about the effects of with the church and accountability and those pieces and I can just give you a little snippet of that like we do not have television in our home Mm. okay I can't control for commercials so even Mm. if I could control for content you know we can't control for commercials and that is something that my husband suggested we do Hmm. and that we chose to do together and that's part of it and so yes like we are it is very naive to think that everything that is on tv that is sexual is not intended to arouse that is Mm -hmm. the point that you have an emotional reaction to something Mm -hmm. sex sells the whole piece of it and so as we have become more accepting of pornography and just pornographic material in general you see now it's no longer this little box over here in the corner that you have to choose to participate in like willingly go hide and do it is now everywhere everywhere. Mm -hmm. yeah everywhere Mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. well so i think that the topic of pornography and even just the overall topic of sexual addictions Mm -hmm. it really is something that as you said earlier jen like sadly is just something that we really shy away from especially in the church um which is you know in and of itself sad but why do you think Brooke, that it's so important, specifically in this day and age, but really for us as believers, especially, like how how important it is for us to be educated on this topic? Honestly, I'm going to kind of take it back, if that's okay, to a little bit of why the church has avoided it and mm-hmm. then kind of go into that. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So sometimes the church as a whole struggles with these things because I believe that we have removed ourselves from the culture wars. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, you guys all go do whatever you want over there. We're going to come over here and I'll pick on, you know, I'm going to homeschool my kids, which if you do, that's totally great. Don't hear right. anything about that but you know what I mean but there was a point of isolation and obviously not everybody who homeschools is isolating so but the point being like we're going to come over here and separate ourselves and worry about us and you go do you Mm -hmm. and that never works Um, and so what the problem is is that the people who need to know about Christ and need to know how to have pure hearts and you know deal with their stuff we're the ones who had the answer for that and then we were like hey good luck Mm-hmm. We're going over here. You do you kind of thing. So anyway, and so with that, like the church would tend to avoid things like sexuality and addiction mm-hmm. just all together. And then also, you know, pornography is so intimate that it brings about so much shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people who are in the church who deal with it, which, by the way, the percentage of people who are addicted and struggle with pornography is the same amount of, as in the church as mm. it is in the rest of the world. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So there is not a enough data to show and I'm now this is all statistical okay so but there's not enough data to show that there is a difference between those who are in the church mm. not viewing this and those that are not in the church mm. Does that makes sense wow mm-hmm. yeah okay so so it's a problem for the church 
but we just haven't talked about it. Right. And if you can imagine now, of course, a lot of this is about men. We will also talk about how it impacts women. But for people to go, I mean, the shame and the sorrow that kind of comes from this and you have to go and admit, like, I can't quit looking at X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z, fill mm-hmm. in the blank, right? I can't quit reading X, Y, and Z. That's yeah. really tough. And I think the church, too, in the past has been, you know, the Bob Newhart video of just stop it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> just stop it. Mm-hmm. And so with addiction and with, you know, pornography, which gets into sexual addiction. So and and I just want to define pornography addiction is a process addiction. So whereas, you know, addiction, we think of substances, pornography, gambling, those are process mm-hmm. addictions. So mm-hmm. they're different things. OK. Mm-hmm. And so it makes people really uncomfortable. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we want to just pretend it's not a problem. And so then the reason that it needs to be discussed is that it's literally changing our brains, mm-hmm. um, which we will get into later. It's also changing how we view and have sex. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's been a study done that basically they were just talking about how people know how to have sex, how to have relations and all of that. And I believe the the percentage of people who were not influenced by pornography at some level, whether that's TV, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what you're saying, like, so yep. we learn our children us we learn what is quote-unquote sexy by we are informed by pornography Mm -hmm. at the end of the day Mm -hmm. right and so people don't really even know what to do with that right and everybody is probably listening going oh yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and like oh i guess i mean maybe that wouldn't be great if i had never heard of this or thought Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to be sexy in this way or Mm -hmm. you know we can get into all of that it's also um it's so it's changing how we view one another it's changing how we view spouses, other people. Um, it's also the fastest growing addiction mm-hmm. right now. Wow. Um, and so to wrap that up, if we're not aware of pornography and the effects of it, and if we're not ready to do something about it, it's going to literally continue to reshape our brains and reshape yeah. our culture. Wow. So it's time yeah, to that's a, do that's something a different. pretty good reason yep. why it's important. Yeah. Uh, and I realized yeah. that was very long. So Yeah, no, but, that's awesome. You know, I mean, you kind of have to points. give you know, weight to it, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, it just makes me think about what you were saying too. You know, the scripture talks about being in the world, but not of it. And what you're saying is the church is completely, we've completely disengaged with the world right. out of a place of self-protection sure. mm-hmm. and shame. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we are not going out into the world and bringing hope and light and love and all the good stuff that God does, let alone operating from it in our own world. So because we're not bringing it to the world, we're also not operating in it ourselves because reality is if you separate from something, it's not calling you higher in it. So pornography is everywhere. It's in the church as much as it is in the world is what you're saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is just wild to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but it's also, if you think about it, it's everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, so let's just, uh, we'll pick on the men for a minute. You cannot drive down the interstate without seeing a billboard like what, uh, you know, respectfully what they have to deal with Mm -hmm. to live in complete freedom from being inundated with sexuality is, I mean, it takes Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. And so, you know, we're just very unwise if we think that we don't have to combat that and call it for what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Men need to have a place to go. Hey, this, yep. <laughs> like I, you know, I drove down the highway today and I'm like, why are there, right. you know, like, oh, good, a breast augmentation. And, you know, and mm-hmm. respectfully, if you've ever seen these billboards, there's one in particular in Nashville. And I'm like, so is that for me as a woman or is that for a man? Mm-hmm. And then, do you know what I mean? And the thing is, is that, yes, mm-hmm. it's for you mm-hmm. to look a certain way mm-hmm. for, does, does that make sense? And yep. so, um, 
And so, I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the problem too. And then if we don't say it's a problem, it just gets to continue to be everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So Brooke, just to kind of back up a little bit to what you said about process addiction, just for our listeners, can you give us a definition of what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of the super easy version we can get really detailed but basically process addictions are addictions to activities Mm -hmm. or processes so gambling eating video games sex internet those sorts of things social media is now becoming right we're trying to get that in the dsm (laughs) you know um so it's just as opposed to a substance addiction where you actually take something Mm -hmm. um and so what you can have is you will have physical withdrawals Mm -hmm. similar to that of a substance addiction with a process addiction. Wow. So, and, you know, we'll talk about this in depth later, but when they did a study, they did an MRI of a brain of someone who's viewing pornography mm-hmm. and someone who is on cocaine and the MRI images are the same. Wow. So they hit the same places in the brain, dopamine levels and all mm. of that. Wow. Um, and we can get into that later, but yeah, so it's, 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 it's affecting your body almost the same exact way. Wow. That's unbelievable. Would you say, Brooke, Are there any, I know we've talked a little bit even in just preparation for these podcasts of all the statistics. Are there any that kind of stand out to you that are important in this first show, whether it's two or three that are just really help us to understand the severity and the bigness of this? Because we want to always bring in the hope and we'll have that conversation. But I think there's something to be said about listeners and even for myself, just understanding how big and how significant pornography actually is in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. So one piece, if we just talk about in America, so they did, this was actually from 2006. So if you can imagine, I mean, that's been 10 years Mm -hmm. and it's grown significantly Mm -hmm. since then. But 89% of the estimated 270 million pornographic web pages were produced in the United States. Wow. Okay, so that's one piece. Another thing that this, I think, hits home for a lot of people is that the most popular pornographic site has been viewed four times more than Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, and Sling combined. Wow. That's just one site. That's one site. So, you know, that just kind of lets you hit home. And then, you know... And just to go on top of that, now we have the average age of exposure to pornography mm-hmm. is seven. Wow. Mm. Right. So it went from 11 to seven, I think, within the last few years, mm-hmm. um, which was bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're at. So and I think that what that really tells you is that, again, going back to the church, we don't get to sit on the sidelines with this. Yeah. That's right. Right. It, is there information on like <laughs> this may be an unanswerable question, but for all of those parents out there who are like, wait, what, seven? Like, is there any data on like how these seven-year-olds are accessing this and accessing this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So without getting uh, too in-depth on that, because I know you guys are going to be covering that later, Mm -hmm. basically it's YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so everyone who is a parent has at some point let their kid get on YouTube, yeah. right? And so it starts with, um, and anybody of young kids will hopefully laugh at this, it starts with them watching a video of someone opening up eggs, mm-hmm. surprise eggs. I don't know if your kids did that, <laughs> but this was the thing for Liam. And then it basically goes from there. I mean, they have full access mm-hmm. and 
you know, and we also just have, it's unmonitored internet time. Mm -hmm. It's also not teaching them. Like we can't just pretend that nothing bad is on the internet. How do we educate them, you know, about what things are, but yes, I believe it's a really high percentage. So I believe it's like 70% find something on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really high percentage. And how easy it is to type in something and then all of these other things come up. I mean, it takes three seconds. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, respectfully guys, if you Google boobs, yeah. I mean, it gets really bad mm-hmm. after that. And so, you know, and that's what kids do. They go, oh, well, I don't know what this is and yeah. I can find it on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a lot of it is educating them how to use things wisely. But we don't really get to check out as parents either. That's and true. then when they see it, let's respond appropriately mm-hmm. to what that is. We can't act like it didn't happen yeah. and doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Which we'll be going into a lot in our fourth week yep. of right. um, this series. So for any parents out there who are like, okay, keep going, please yeah. like <laughs> tune in in a few weeks because we're going to actually have a guest here mm-hmm. who she and her husband literally that's what they that's do what for they their do. life right mm-hmm. now is, right. is researching this topic and putting resources out there for parents. So anyway, yeah, more to come on more that for come. sure. Right. So we'll stick with the adult side, but yeah. I am very excited about that because even, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, my son's six and you yeah. know, how do you have to stay on top of it? So yep. yeah, that's good. I know that there's probably a lot of answers to this question and I know we've hit some of it, but I, I do think that there is kind of this, well, I, I would say that there's probably a certain population of people who would agree that like the effects of pornography are not good and that it's not a good thing. Right. But I think there's a lot of people who just are like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Like, mm-hmm. why why is this even a problem? I think there's a lot of people even in the church, people who've been raised in the church, and because it's not talked about that much, they kind of are raised thinking, well, this isn't that big of a deal. Well, Mal, I think you make a really important point about the role that the church plays in this because there's a ton of implications that come along with pornography. But I think because the church doesn't talk about it, there's a reality of the shame that just kind of kicks in and people are stuck in this position of not knowing who to talk to, that there's shame attached to it. And how shame about anything, whether it's pornography or any other area of your life, impacts you on a spiritual level. It's going to cause breakdown in your relationship with Jesus. It's going to cause breakdown in your identity. And so on the bigger spiritual level, let alone all the other things that we'll be talking about in the weeks to come, it impacts and it comes against our connection, our heart-to-heart relationship with the Lord, that place of purity, and just our ability to grow and to move forward in our identity. It comes in as such a falsity of who we are and really even as we'll talk about more about that place of intimacy and all those types of things so not only does it impact our relationship with the lord but it impacts so so many other areas as well so brooke do you have anything to add to that yeah absolutely so because here's the thing is that now you know prior to probably in the last five or ten years um you know everyone would say oh you're a prude right like there was something wrong with having issue with mm-hmm. pornography and I won't even get into how basically 95% of trafficking sex trafficking occurs yeah. because of the internet and mm-hmm. 75% of those in the you know pornographic industry and all of that are held against their will so we can set all mm-hmm. that aside participating in human trafficking by viewing mm-hmm. but yeah. the other side is what it's doing with marriages I'll say that what it's doing to our children uh, and you know what it's doing to as they grow up so I'm just gonna just a couple of examples like one of the reasons that I am very passionate about it is 
just one, I am so blessed personally to live a life. I have a husband who discovered every young man's battle, every man's battle prior to us being married and just realizing having relationships where men didn't think it was a big deal or hit it and then having one where it is a priority for him and just that in of itself right Mm -hmm. healthy healthy relationship there's a 60 percent divorce rate for those that have viewed pornography once in the last 30 days Mm. okay and so what that tells us people may be like well i just looked at it once but it brings all kinds of other issues, right? Insecurities, those sorts of things. You're also reaching out into something to meet a need, mm-hmm. okay, that, that you're not addressing, okay? Um, the other piece is that uh, there have been several research studies, one in 2014 and 2016, that pornography actually makes people find their mate less attractive. Wow. Mm. Okay. And we're talking about a third of America, America accesses pornography at least once per month. Hmm. Okay. That's one third. Um, it also significantly increases the odds for extramarital affairs. And overall, people who view pornography at least once per month are less happy with their marriage and less happy overall. Yeah. So we can even pull this outside of the church and go, this is impacting lots of people Mm -hmm. you know outside of your beliefs does Mm -hmm. that make sense you know we we don't have to make this i mean it is a moral issue for us but it doesn't it's now becoming less of one now that people are seeing society is seeing how it's impacting Mm -hmm. others um another piece that that we have is that they're doing a research study on those actually in the navy and what they're finding is that because they've been exposed to pornography for so long they're actually unable to have physical relationships outside of that um so that that is becoming more and more common um there's a great actually ted talk um with a guy and he just talks about how he'd been addicted to pornography since the age of 12 had his first girlfriend at 18 you know thought okay this is it and then realized he actually could not become aroused in hmm. any way with anyone physical hmm. thought oh there's something wrong with me got on the internet it told him you know who knows yeah. what all it said I'm sure it starts with cancer that always does right <laughs> and then um, basically then he found out got on a site and was like oh well things still work mm. and so went through this just kept breaking up with girls multiple relationships until he realized that his brain had been completely shifted wow. that he could no longer find reality Interesting, Yeah. And so as we get, you know, later into how it actually works in the brain, you know, we can yeah. talk about that piece. Because I think that's, that's important so to note that we're not just talking about people who are are married now, because mm-hmm. this can happen well before you're ever oh, yeah. married or want to be married. For all of those people who are like, oh, well, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have a marriage right. right now to be concerned about. Right. Like this will affect you in advance as well, like leading into that and it will affect your future marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, so absolutely important to know. And I think two of all the teenage girls that I've counseled, because, you know, we often make pornography a male thing and we'll talk more about how it is. For, but I think of all the teenage girls that I have counseled that have yeah. stumbled across pornography and are viewing it and struggling with it, not just as females, but at that age, they're not married, they're not in relationship yet. And it is something they've got to get healed up from so that they're prepared to move into marriage and being a mom and all yeah. the things God has for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so, I mean, and even the piece of how, you know, just it does affect our kids. I think, you know, one example, um, 
I worked with a young man who had been exposed to pornography at six and became addicted at the age of six. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now he was, you know, a young adult and was another example. He could not have a physical relationship with a woman. Now, Mm -hmm. that obviously was not his fault. He had been abused, like all of those pieces. But this is changing how our brain works, you know, and we have to be able to intervene and address it. It's, It's changing how we view each other and it's not reality yeah mm-hmm. you know so yeah. so Brooke as we're getting ready to wrap up today you know we want to be very very intentional um, that every single show specifically on this topic um, that we're ending with some practical steps but are also really reiterating the fact that there is freedom there is hope because this is such a significant topic that can feel so weighty we want to make sure that we really wrap up every show reminding listeners of those resources but also the reality that there is nothing too hard for God so is there anything that you want to leave us with last minute you know practicalities anything along those lines that you think would be helpful yeah absolutely I think um, one thing is if you're finding yourself struggling with this and like oh I may be addicted you know yeah. or or I'm just not sure um, you can find a CSAT counselor in your area which is CSAT and that's Certified Sexual Addiction Therapist hmm. they're extremely well trained Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Carnes uh, oversees all of that. It's just a great program. And so if someone took the time to become certified in that, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So reach out to them, especially, you know, most of actually most of the ones I've run into are Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not necessarily the case, you know, but but so you may want to vet both of those out. Yeah. Um, And they also will have great resources. Dr. Carnes has great resources uh, for that. And you can find that on CSAT, you know, just Google that and you can find it. Another thing I want to say is if you don't know where to begin is to go to a friend or a pastor and mm-hmm. begin accountability immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, as with any other process, learning to work out, those sorts of things, mm-hmm. you can actually shift the brain back, which we can talk more about. So this is not a lost cause. Go get accountability. If you know that every time I'm alone with my computer yeah. is when this happens, throw the computer out of the window. Mm-hmm. Like whatever yeah. you have to do, give it to someone else, like whatever that needs to look like for accountability. Um, pick up every man's battle, every women, woman's battle. Um, they so have great just immediate yeah. you know tools that you can use today mm-hmm. to start combating this um, obviously if this is something that's affect your marriage get in with marriage counseling um, don't be ashamed for that that's what we do we love it we love being yeah. able to help people through that another one is a guy actually uh, was at a conference a few months ago and his website has a lot of really great resources and it's alexlerza.com so A-L-E-X L-E-R-Z-A dot com um, and he has books and he actually also has Every Man's Battle that sort of thing And he, but he has a lot of resources great YouTube videos just mm-hmm. things like that that mm-hmm. you can explore um, in the meantime it's good. Brooke, I, I want to ask one quick question from a therapeutic standpoint. If someone is saying this is an addiction for me and I do need some help and there are not any CSAT <laughs> people right. around in their area. Yeah. Is this something that you think this is an area that you really do need specialized help? And if there's not any, go somewhere where there is for a while and get that help. Or do you feel like a just a regular licensed counselor in their area would still be able to help like would you have professional advice on that 
Yeah, and that's really tough because it's it really is case by case. What yeah. I would say is if you are listening to this or you know someone and you're like, oh, no, they're addicted. Mm-hmm. And there's a line and everybody knows what that is. Then, yes, seek it out. And actually, there are the great thing about technology is you can schedule appointments with people online. Yeah. And so if you have access to FaceTime or Skype or those sorts of things. And so I would try that's that true. first. Um, now, this is going to be, you know, respectfully a all in kind of deal. So you want to get a counselor, you want to get an accountability partner, yeah. you know, different things like that. Um, and I think that there's actually even an app that Alex Larza, they did. It's called Our Tribe and it's an accountability app. Wow. that you can download on your phone. So there, you know, there are resources, even if yeah. you're kind of in a rural area that you could access. Um, but at the very least, I would start with every every man's battle, every woman's battle, mm-hmm. because that will give you, again, immediate, like, okay, yes. this is what I need to do. You know, there's techniques in there. And so it starts, right, behavior modification on some levels, and then we got to deal with the heart and right. the shift in the brain. Right. Right. Which is where we're actually heading next week. So that was a good yeah. transition. Yeah. Um, Brooke, thank you so much for yeah, being here. You, and um, you're going to be with us for the next couple of weeks as well. So we appreciate you just committing the time to talk on this very important topic. And for all of you listeners, we hope that you'll continue to join us. We're going to continue this conversation for the next three weeks on pornography, on its effects, and, and definitely on how to overcome it. We're going to be getting more into that in the weeks to come. So we hope that you will join us then. Thank you.